You guys need to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're triggering me right now. You, you have no idea. I'm, and I'm bringing you back to reality. I'm not the boss. We have we have a client that whenever they <laughs> want to send me over the edge, they tell me, okay, uh, you know what? Maybe we should talk to John about this. Like, you don't need to talk to John. John doesn't do anything for this company that I can't do. You're listening to PHP Ugly, the premier PHP podcast in Southern California in Colorado. This is episode 127, and I am your host, Eric Ann Johnson. With me today, as usual, this normal motley crew of overworked and underappreciated developers, Tom Rideau. Uh, that doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> Good job, Tom. <laughs> you hit it on the head. And John Condon. Hello, hello. Another night. Another night. And man... What a busy, busy week it's been. We have so much to talk about. And I don't even know where to start. Actually, I do know where to start. I feel like I've said this the last couple of episodes, but every since enabling Discord, man, has it changed my approach and appreciation for the listeners of our show. And the exchange of knowledge has been fantastic. I actually have three things today that all came to me through Discord. I don't know who had suggested it or who had mentioned it early on, but somebody, like right when we first started uh, doing Discord, somebody had mentioned how hard we were to find on Spotify. And at the time, I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't use Spotify. Uh, I'll look into it. I, I've been meaning to look into it, and I just hadn't. So I did do that today. I actually stumbled into that. For a whole nother reason, if we have time, I'll, I'll explain it. But but I did go into Spotify today. I did configure PHP Ugly as a podcast stream in Spotify. So if you are a Spotify user, we should be easier to find, follow, and subscribe to in Spotify now. Um, that was the first thing. Also, one of our Discord people, and I really want to say the name, and I I'm, I know I'm going to butcher it. Basim? Bas, Basam? B-O-S-T-J-A-N. He actually gave us a couple of suggestions this, this week that we have some experience with. You're not allowed to first, say you're not allowed to say that name because this person thought you were the boss for some reason, and clearly they're mistaken and they don't know how to communicate properly. So just stri- John, strike them John, from John, the conversation let me altogether finish right now. I'm, I'm the boss here. <laughs> Bassam has deemed me the boss, and I'm in charge. Hasn't deemed you thought incorrectly he has deemed me the boss <laughs> and uh, I, I believe we were, we were all called boss at one point or another in in one of the channels so but um we were talking about toggle in tracking time and stuff and he mentioned uh, another uh, service called uh, timeular timeular yeah and so uh I told him, I'm like, I actually signed up for Timeler. Timeler was pretty cool. Thomas, you might appreciate this. I don't, I don't you know. Are just you are jumping into your time, Thomas? You're just jumping into oh, all no. the stories right now. No. We're just spreading them out and talking about them. We have so much to get through. We have so much to get through. I am spreading it out. Trust me. I do, not so track my, I do not track my oh, time. You don't track your time? Never. Well, until recently, when somebody suggested uh, Stand Up Alice to my boss... <laughs> I did. I did no time tracking whatsoever. Now I do a little bit of time tracking in the morning, because right. again somebody suggested that I do. 
to my boss. <laughs> Who could that so have been? So you may recall, you may recall a couple of shows back. Um, I was talking. I will use toggle occasionally. I, I don't need to track my time because I'm one of the guys who actually pay the bills, but I will track my time occasionally just to get an understanding of where I'm spending my time. Uh, because I like, I'll feel like I'm spending so much of my day in meetings, but I don't have any collaborating evidence for that. And one of my gripes with toggle is I'm always switching from task to task to task. So, so quickly. And occasionally I, I feel like I'm working on a couple tasks at a time, which this doesn't address, but I'm so I'm constantly switching between tasks so quickly that toggle was a pain in my butt, right. To have to go in there and, and figure it out. So this timular application was, uh, suggested to us that it tied, tied into toggle. I'm not really sure how that integration works yet, but the cool thing about this is it has a physical, like, die, like, uh, uh, a Dungeons and Dragon die, you know, one of these multi-sided die. And you configure different tasks, like in a meeting, on a phone call, working on this task, coding, blah, 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 on, on all these different sides of this die. And then you just turn the t- die on whatever you're working on in all this tracking, all this time tracking happens automatically. Yeah, I think it was eight-sided, so you can have up to eight different tasks that you're switching between quickly. What a nightmare. Why is that a nightmare? Eight, it's, it's eight so simultaneous easy. tasks? No, no, no. You no, switch. No, no. You, you, like, I'm answering my email right now. All right. Now, somebody's calling me. I'm going into a meeting. Instead of having to find the application you just turn the thing and now you're tracking a new task that you're working on yeah so i so i ordered one i don't have it i I won't have it uh won't have it for a couple weeks what's this thing called timular t-i-m-e-u-l-a-r don't 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 uh, don't go giving free promotion free advertising damn you're right we should You're have so a, right. We need a discount code that we can give out. We need an affiliate link. We need affiliate links for everything moving forward. I, I talked about some stuff I bought off of Amazon the other day. And uh, I'm like, it's, we need affiliate links. It's got little <laughs> pictures. Yeah, it's it looked like it was a Kickstarter at one point. And you can write on some sides of it. Yeah, it looks, oh. interest, it looks interesting. It has a yeah. monthly fee. Well, yeah. No, you don't so, have so to. We, you don't have to do you, the monthly yeah, fee. Right. That's if you want the integrations into other services and a couple other things. Which we pay for Toggle for our developers already, so we're kind of used to, to that. But to John's point, you don't actually have to pay for it. Again. You have to buy the die. I mean, that's a physical thing. You you, you have to buy that if, if you want to use that. But Yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's cute. Yeah. You, you, bought a, you bought a toy. Yeah, he's good at that. I, as John likes to point out, I'm a very, I'm a bad gang, very bad gang. My wife dubbed him that so, year, uh, years ago. <laughs> That's highly appropriate. That same user helped address another pain point, which I shared with John today, and then I think John has some feedback on that as well. But we were talking about using SQL Pro, and honestly, this is my life now. Between talking on the show to you guys about things we cover and now having interaction with people in our discord. I don't remember if this is a, if this is a conversation that originated on the show 
are originated in Discord, but at some point we started talking about the tools we were using for databases. If only there was and a Trello board for that. Was there? He, he's being a smart ass saying you, if you'd added it to the Trello board, you would know this. Oh, you know okay. if it, where it originated at. Uh, a lot of if you're a Mac user and you're you use MySQL, a lot of people were talking about how they use SQL Pro, and a few people mentioned how they were moving over to Table Plus, which is another kind of cool um, MySQL management tool that we came upon. I use uh, Table Plus because we have some Postgres out there, and Table Plus actually does Postgres, Reddit, MySQL, uh, Microsoft SQL. Um, there were a couple others that it did, whereas SQL Pro only does MySQL. So I went ahead and, and, and Table Plus was a paid product. SQL Pro is a free product. So I went ahead and invested in Table Plus. Um, I should say Table Plus is a paid product to get the updates. You can actually get the software and use it. You just won't get any updates. So that was kind of a common thing. And one of the gripes about SQL Pro was that it never gets updated. And it became a problem for users who have upgraded their Mojave. And being a Mac-centric uh, application, I'm surprised that they didn't actually push out updates for Mojave. Because there was plenty of, plenty of runway to it, um, plenty of developer talk about it, but they didn't. And so as a result, not only does the theme not match the new dark theme of Mojave, which is not really that big of a deal, but every time you go to close the app, the app actually crashes. You can't close it. You have to, it crashes out. Even if you close one connection, I, I often have multiple connections open. If you close one of them, the rest of them all crash too. Closes yeah. is closes. That's, that's fine. But I don't want them all closed. I wanted one closed. <laughs> Or, right. That's or what John's if saying. He I, has multiple tabs open. I, right? I, I'll leave it open overnight, so a connection will die to a, a remote database server. And I just want to access my local Docker MySQL con container, and that crashes because the other one closed. I, I still don't understand these GUI SQL clients. It's Really? I, I used to be like you, command line, all the time. Like That's all I used because everything was remote. But... Once I started using SQL Pro, I really changed my mind on them. Yeah, I, I, I love them. But the same user who had recommended Timular also brought to my attention, hey, you know, SQL Pro has a GitHub repo, a public GitHub repo. And they, they also do nightly builds. So you can download a nightly build and um, get a lot of updates that, for whatever reason, they don't deploy the releases and I was mentioning this to John today because I had I had done this. I'd gone to the the nightly builds, downloaded it, installed it, ran it, and it worked fantastic for me. I, I didn't use I didn't use it that heavily today, but it had the Mojave theme to it. I closed it; it didn't crash. I, you know, I clicked around; everything seemed all right. But um, I, I found a bug already. So, what bug did you find? The the view. So I I use keyboard shortcuts to do windows like full screen, half screen, quarter screen, whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's full screen and then I do the shortcut and make it half screen, I couldn't scroll back to the top of the view. It just like uh -huh. got stuck. So did you fix it and push a PR? Of course not. <laughs> but 
it was weird because I was telling John, it's like you see where they're merging things into master, but they're not doing releases for whatever reason. So I don't, I don't know what the deal is. I think, I think the entire time I've used SQL Pro, which has probably been about two to three years now, I think I've gotten maybe two updates from them. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. And so, so I, I don't know, I don't know what it is because there's clearly work being done on it and work that may, is making it into the master branch. They just <laughs> their release manager quit they, two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to do releases. <laughs> they're like, oh, we can get in in a master. We're good. People will figure it out. Yeah. Well, that or that or their continuous integration has just been failing for years and no one noticed. There you go. So yeah, I guess I got to add all all these links to um, toggle for for the show notes. Show notes uh, came through for us a couple weeks back. TJ Miller was asking about. Um, oh yeah. He was asking about the uh, the magnetic uh, charge thing I was just talking about from Amazon. He's like, hey, you know, what is that called and where do you get it at? I'm like, I don't know, man. Go to the show notes. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's lazy. Um, lazy on your part. Share your information. I don't know what these things are called. All right. you, you have an so, like you, I said, I have a ton of topics. You guys won't dive in. You might want to bring go ahead and start talking. Otherwise, I yes. will dominate the show. You're going to do Dominate. that anyways. Yeah. Um, super, super duper duper new court ruling. Uh, passcodes for phones are protected by the Fifth Amendment. Okay. Okay, that seems Nothing. pretty random, but all right. Great. That's... I, it's it's long been fought over. Um, the, the, the Florida Court of Appeals has stated clearly that uh, information in your head belongs to you and is not necessarily a foregone conclusion and therefore cannot be forcefully uh taken so at least for now in florida uh you can't be forced to hand over your passcode for your phone you couldn't be forced anyway it's in your head they can't take it from you you they could keep you in jail until you give it to them Uh, whatever stupid Uh (laughs) it is but that's why they but if you have fingerprint unlock or anything else, they can use that because it's not in your head from what I understand. So if you want to do anything, you need to turn your phone off right away so that when it starts back up, it requires yeah. a passcode. Is If that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know if they can force you to touch the sensor or use Well, it's, it's not it's not force. The right word is compel. So they, they can't force you, but your other option is to sleep in jail until you do. Well, then they can compel you with the passcode too, so there's no difference there. So yeah, they but they can't they can't compel you anymore with passcodes. I think that's good. I don't know. I I saw an opening and took it. Eric just said if you have anything, get it out now. So well, well then then I want to talk about our new client because this story is absolutely fascinating to me. Eric spilled the beans earlier on Twitter if anyone follows him, but yeah, and he told me to lie about it for the podcast too. Yeah. You should do that. Make sure you lie about it. What did he say on Twitter? So we, we have a, a new client we, we signed uh, last week. And the, the way they, they described their previous developer just dumbfounded us. Basically, they hired somebody to do a bunch of work. Built Two foot that- 11, green skin, enormous ears. Exactly. What? Spot on. I said dumbfounded us, and he's being silly. 
<laughs> That's my my only job here. <laughs> anyway, so they tell us this developer created what they wanted. It, yes, there's some things to be done, but they had working code. And then the developer said, oh, I really like your business. I want a percentage of it. Even though he was paid for the work, demanded a percentage of the company. and They, they, they didn't give us an impression like they were friends with this person or they knew this person or anything like that. Just, you know, this was a developer that they had hired to build out their, their product. And yeah. And then went rogue with this demand. So they finally got rid of them. I'm assuming it's a him. I really don't know. It's a bad assumption on my part. They got rid of this developer and then to make sure that they were locked out, moved or changed IP addresses on the two virtual or two physical servers that they have. And then they, they contact us through a referral where the hosting referred them to us, which was amazing. So thank you very much. Trade web. You got a tiger team job and you didn't tell me a tiger team job. What are you talking about? When you have to shut out a person with escalated privileges. No, that was already done when we, when we came on board, we, well, we, I, didn't, we weren't part of that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, but their application just stopped working at this point. And Recently, we found out found out this was October twelfth, and this comes becomes very important coming up. So, Eric and I, you know, we finally got the contract in place. We start looking at the code and listening to what they're saying. Like the the platform just doesn't work. So we ha- we end up finding like two or three different places where they hard coded IP addresses, and by changing them on the server, everything broke. No big deal. We finally figured out. Uh, they're free switch servers, so we restart free switch and have them test, and the calls work. Perfect. Uh, the next day, they decide to put some live traffic through it, and they're like, yeah, now we're seeing a post-style delay anywhere from like 35 to 40 seconds. And then they, because we're... Perfectly normal. Yeah. So you dial the phone, you wait 40 seconds before it even starts ringing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's so many pieces here and we don't know all, we don't know where everything is at this point. We literally have been working on it for a day. So I look in Apache and they didn't add the time of the request to the log. So I update the configuration, restart, and I say, can you please put some more traffic through so we can see? Because I'm still not sure, is it free switch? Is it Apache with the code written behind it? Is it networking? Like, where is this delay coming from? Sure as shit, they they do some calls today, and it's PHP. Or it's in the Apache log shows a forty second <laughs> timed uh, time of request. So it's taking forty seconds to draw the page, or to to no, to to respond. It, it's responding with XML. We did know this this much. Okay. So now Eric and I are talking. It's like this guy must have written some horrible queries. Or he's doing something really stupid. Like this, it's a decision engine. Given two phone numbers, what am I going to do? I need to make a decision. Why would it take forty <laughs> Sounds seconds? Sounds like an indecision engine. Well, it's also <laughs> supposed to look back at like previous calls. I don't know all the details of it. I just know it's looking at statistics of the calls previously. So, as far as we know, it's doing massive queries on massive data. So maybe it's just mm. bad indexes. And we did. We were fortunate because the, our first analysis of the code base, like when we first engaged a client, 
we discover it's a Laravel 5.6 application. It's running on PHP 7.2. or 7.1. Oh, no. I think um, you're right. 7.1. So, so we were, we were actually really pleased. We we're like, well, wow, this, this shouldn't be that big of a problem. Everything is very good. Yeah. Clearly so you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> there was something like, there was something off. Like there's, there's, and like John said, we, we were just kind of going down the road, road of, Okay, he has a loop somewhere that, you know, it's just doing something kooky. Or just bad database schema because we hadn't gotten into that part yet. And the endpoint that was taking 40 seconds is really small. The controller's all it's doing is a uh, select out of MySQL with a uh, stored procedure. I'm like, there's something in here, the stored procedure. So we start looking and one, it's just a horrible if-else mess uh nested if else's but then we we happen to notice or there's a sleep in here why is it why does it say <laughs> do sleep you know, there's a sleep in the because it procedure. needs a moment to consider its decision you know yeah so take a nap wake up and see if you still feel the so, same but at this point we still don't know what it's doing like is there is there something that like it's got to wait for data like maybe there's a legitimate reason this is in here and i'm terrified to touch the code because I don't want to break it, but we start analyzing it even further. The previous three queries before this select current timestamp, select uh, current timestamp minus a very specific number. I'm like, this is an epoch. Like, this is a time somewhere. October 12th, 8 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now we know. Uh, when how, they moved the servers. Well, so at some point, when they, while this person still had access to the code, so around this time, yes. So now they know the number of seconds since October, or October 12th. And then they divide it by 43,200. And luckily, I just happen to know that's half a day. It's 12 hours. I'm like, okay, so now they're dividing this by 12 hours. Now they're sleeping that many seconds. Right. <laughs> so every 12 hours... The query was taking a second longer, so it was it, the application was getting slower and slower and slower but, over time. But they didn't notice it because they moved IP addresses and everything just broke anyway. But they right. there would have been this slow progression. It's been I guess eighteen nineteen days since the twelfth. Multiply that by two, so we're at roughly forty seconds of sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with developers? That's now that's horrible. That's got to be super illegal. It's got to be. It's it's got to be a criminal offense. It has to be like extortion or or something like that. And this is what we were talking about this morning. It's like the best case scenario they could probably do not knowing where this developer is in the world. So you don't really know the legitimacy of this developer in general. They could be anywhere and they could, you know, First thing I I said to to the team because we had our we had a little crepe morning where the Diego Dev get gets together and we have coffee and crepes and and talk about the projects we're working on. The first thing I said is this was pretty well hidden. This is not the first time this person's done this, and probably won't be the last time they had done this. But to the point of what what can the company do? Really, you think about it, the best case scenario they can do is go to the authorities, hope the authorities launch an investigation and find other people that they've done this to where they can build up enough of a case to prosecute. But that's, that's asking for a lot. I mean, 
I don't know. The FBI doesn't fuck around with cyber crimes. I see. I don't think this. I don't. I'm not even sure the FBI would even care about this. Oh yes. Yeah. No. It's the tampering with computer systems, especially computer systems that process money, is federal crime. That goes straight to the FBI. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's gonna be hard. Uh, yeah. You definitely would have to build up a case because I br- I, I brought up the point that. If if this was really the only system that it's ever been done to by this person, then it could just be a he said she said type of situation. Where it's like, no, I I didn't do that. And how do you prove? Because one, there's no repository. There's no uh, there's no version control. No version no, control. No version control. Everything's only production. Only production servers. <laughs> oh my god! Shared account. Yeah, everybody everybody uses the same account. Yeah. Other, um, other than the the people that are running it are not technical at all. This is and it would be them saying, "No, you're the only person that had access to the server." Yeah. But again, it's a he said she said type of situation. Yeah, that's what I, that's a rough one. What I found a little comical, it, it just goes to show who we are. But as we're talking about this with the team cuz John and I literally discovered it this morning, you know, we're sitting with the team and we're working on this, and you know we share it as soon as we figure it out. And pretty much everybody there is so offended that a developer would do this, and so taken back by the behavior, and like just just kind of tearing it, just like how, how dare a developer actually do this? Gives us all. And a I thought bad about name. it for a second. Yeah, I yeah. thought about it for a second. I'm like, yeah, you know, that does suck, and. There's sh- something needs to be done about it, but what we've had happen to us personally more often was the other way around, where a client has asked us to do work and then decided not to pay us, or has asked us to do work and says, "Oh yeah, that you're not doing oh, it right." Yeah, that's the status quo, though. Exactly. What are you, what that's are you complaining thing. about? It's, it's like that. Oh yeah, but but that happens all the time. I'm like, yeah, but that's just <laughs> as bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's there's there's and my issue with that part of the the status quo is that uh the implication that companies are more important because they employ people whereas individuals are more disposable. And yeah, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true that companies employ people, but companies are not more valuable than people. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, the, the team was talking about yeah, you know, co- you know Holding it, holding a client hostage or extortion. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, that sucks. But, you know, we had a client once that decided not to pay us, decided they want us to come back to work for them, acknowledged that they had an outstanding bill and said, okay, we'd pay, we'll pay half of our outstanding bill if you come back and do some work for us. Yeah. And you (laughs) said, great. That'll cover legal fees. I told John, I'm like, (laughs) you're nuts if you think we're going back. I was like the it was the funniest email to ever get. It's it's like they 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 bailed on us. They had this they well, had it, this bill. It was their assistant emailing us. We're assuming that the the person that originally hired us really had her send the email. That's true. That's true. That <laughs> assumption was being made. It's like yeah, we'll pay you half of what we owe you if you come back and work for us. <laughs> what? Like, how In about what world does that make sense to you? How about you pay us? In full, what you owe us, and pay us ahead of time. Then we'll yeah. do. Some, then we'll. That's our. Work. That's our new rule. 
So this this brings up this this takes us down another path. I don't know how much we want to get into it on this show because we do have a lot of content to cover. Not not but at all. In Discord, you don't want to get into this at all. I I I'd love a full episode about it. I mean, so many people in Discord are asking us about our our business model. Yeah, and and you know how we go about handling charging clients and the different business models out there and the pros and cons. And like I, I was about to, to say before I let into this is, you know, our business model is, is a little different than a lot in the sense that we pay, we, we charge clients after the fact, we don't charge them ahead of time unless we run into situations where we've had problems with them paying the bill. Once they get caught up, then they have to give us a, they have to give us uh, a deposit ahead of time. But if you don't want to get into that, the show, that, that's fine. I, I, I was actually not going to talk about it because I have trouble actually truly expressing the Diego Dev business model. I was going to John kind of talk about it, but well, yeah, that's why John's the boss. Nope, not the boss. Yeah. You guys need to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> You're triggering me right now. You, you have no idea. I'm, and I'm bringing you back to reality. I'm not the boss. We have we have a client that whenever they <laughs> want to send me over the edge, they tell me, okay, uh, you know what? Maybe we should talk to John about this. Like, you don't need to talk to John. John doesn't do anything for this company that I can't do. <laughs> it is funny, I mean, he- though. He or, is the or, face. Or John, he looks much better than us. John will be on a meeting with uh, with us, and they're explaining something, and the 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 CEO of this other company will say, "John, you understand, right?" <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? John, you understand? I understand. Okay. Usually, come right. in, usually right. come from me to to back them up. That's I think that's what it really is. <laughs> Okay, so so you wanna you wanna skip that topic, Thomas? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the the topic the topic roughly roughly breaks down into there's a couple different models for for billing for freelance work. Um, there's a lot of documentation online about freelance models and sample contracts and how to do it. I'm in no way associated with frelance work. I have no input on it. Outside of a Perfect. book Let's I read in '98. <laughs> Sorry, Thomas, I had to. No, that's all right. I'll just go grab another beer and watch. <laughs> no, we won't. We'll, we'll we'll save it for another episode. Maybe maybe we'll save it for more of a you know how we run our business sort of episode, or or, or maybe well, that'll just be another show or something. Yeah, and like you said, this is this is a week full of news too. Like okay. stuff, stuff that that's relevance will fade with time. Okay. Um, so, so all the um, people in Discord who have been asking us to talk about this, Thomas said no. Know, send Thomas some some uh, some hate mail. There, he's the yeah. he's the one that shot this one down. Yes, you so can we send will, you can send the hate mail to patreon.com slash phpugly. <laughs> <laughs> we will circle back around on it uh, at in some future episode. We yeah, did flex you- our we did flex our uh, community muscle in our Discord. Again, Discord is really really coming along. Do you how many people do we have in our Discord now? Uh, have we hit 50? No. 38 8 
in three. What is that? And a, that, a lot of a lot of duplicates. A lot oh. of people signed up, and for some reason they've got two yeah, names. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So probably about. But we we've got a good amount of people in our Discord, and we started talking about which is weird. We started talking about it in the coding channel. I don't know how it how the conversation ended up in the coding channel, but we started talking about John and I's other gig of doing the PHP Architect podcast and. Some conversation came up around the PHP Architect magazine, which is a great resource, but it's it's one you have to pay for, and you have to pay actually a substantial enough money to get physical copies of it. And we were talking about, okay, well, you know, what do you think would make it more beneficial? And and some of the benefits that people were kind of saying about the magazine is they appreciated having a curated news source of information, like. Yeah, a lot of this information is available on blogs, but you, you, it's not really curated. It's not edited. And, you know, there's, it's just kind of there. And it's like, okay, well, you take it for its word and you, you stumble around and find this stuff. So there was some, you know, things about that. But my question was for the people who weren't subscribed, I'm like, what would make you subscribe? Like, what, what would you like to see from PHP Architect that would make you subscribe to the magazine? Not that we get a cut of that or anything. In fact, we get nothing for even doing the podcast. Um, we get some free advertisement, but like John and I were talking about, we never even asked for that. <laughs> um, but as we're having this conversation, I'm like, well, you know what? You know, we have some pool here. And I reached out to the editor of PHP Architect, Oscar. I'm like, hey, this conversation is happening in our Discord. If you're interested, maybe join in and, and talk. And sure enough, the editor-in-chief of PHP Architect, Oscar, joins our Discord and jumps into the conversation. Yeah. Then I got accused of selling people out. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, make us look bad. <laughs> no, no, no. You got you to gotta flex helpful. when you can. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was kind of cool. I don't know if he's going to stay in there or not, but, yeah. Probably. Oscar, yeah. that was. Okay, so we're we're not we've talked about a bad coding security thing. Um and if you're curious into what the query was, uh we will I do have it I do my have my Twitter stream about the topic in the show notes, but you can also go to my Twitter account, uh Shokum, S H O C M and see it if if you can't wait until the show notes come out. We're not gonna talk about business models. Uh, no, I got I've got an article here called When Good Code Goes Bad. Okay. And there was an issue a few months ago where uh, a NPM project was found to be squatting on typos and distributing malicious code by people who installed it. Uh, and it turned out that there were a bunch of packages on NPM that were being listed by this person and... They were all malicious. Um, last week, Python, um, the the Python, what's it called? Pim? Pip. The pip. Oh, PyPy. Pip? Yeah. PyPI is the repository for Python packages, and so pip install goes there by default. And somebody, comp- somebody created a, a package called Colorama, that was a duplicate of a package called Colorama, except that it had some VB code in it that would take any Bitcoin addresses it found in a clipboard and change the clipboard to a different Bitcoin address. 
Um, yeah, so not good. Uh, the legitimate package, C-O-L-O-R-A-M-A, and the illegitimate package was C-O-L-O-U-R-A-M-A, the British spelling of color. And the question is starting to arise, how do these repositories, uh, PyPy listing almost 16, 160,000 projects, how do they make sure that there isn't malicious code even in open source code, when somebody can typo squat a project and start stealing money from people. Same thing with Packagist and Composer, right? How do, how do we stop it in our industry? Exactly. Um, all of these sort of package repositories that have become popular over the last year and a half or so are vulnerable to typo squatting or uh, illegitimate code being committed there are projects out there that scrape packages to look for malicious code. Um, I think Brutus is the one for PyPy. But Brutus. But still, all those packages can't find everything. And people are always going to come up with new ways around it. It's so hard to truly track. Yeah. Hence yeah. Apple and doing their whole, you have to jump through hoops to get listed in their app store. Right, and and with the open source community, there's really not a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, but even in in Apple's case, they can make you jump through hoops, but it's a, a they don't catch most things that are malicious. Mm. They just know where you live, so when they catch it, they catch you. Um, but there was a, a flashlight app for iPhone that uh, unlocked free Wi-Fi sharing to to other devices and that's the kind of thing that that slips through most often because that's not really breaking any laws it's just breaking a terms of service um i've discussed this with other people at diego dev in the past and i think that signing projects is one solution having to verify certificates having every updated version signed by a known maintainer, that kind of thing is one of the possible solutions. Um, the recommendation, I got this article from Hackaday. Their recommendation is just check the stars on the project. Check the forks. That, make sure that there's more than one. But, I mean, even a, but, but a legitimate project wouldn't always have that, so it makes it harder. It's, it's just yeah, I mean, something to look this, for. This is always, yeah, this has always been an issue in the open source community. This sort of thing. So, yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Is that your doom and gloom? Did you sneak doom and gloom in? What? No. What? No. No, no, no. No, that no. was doom. I, no. I definitely felt that was doom and gloom. Do we care that Laravel hired their second employee? No. Yes. No. Okay. All right. Because hey, you, you of to, what he you, does. You got to veto a, a story. Why can't I? Because this literally addresses something that you and Eric have brought up in the past. Oh, okay. You win. Okay. <laughs> uh, his name is Dries Vince, and he is his official title is Open Source Liaison. Da, da, da. Which I, I do believe we mentioned that we have. I believe we've mentioned that in the past, um, according to the article. Written by Taylor, this means his primary focus is on the open source aspects of Laravel, including all of its open source repositories. Um, I'm sure he will work 
on other projects within the Laravel world, such as Forge, Spark, or Nova, but for now, I'm glad to have someone dedicated fully to making sure our open source repositories stay healthy. The last paragraph, I was a little off-put by. <laughs> what I thought was interesting, do you want to talk about the last paragraph? Uh, I'll, I'll give, I'll read the last paragraph. How's that? And then we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, of course, I'm still 100% responsible for managing all pull requests across the Laravel organization while Muhammad has been focusing on Forge, Envoy, or Spark, and R&D. I I don't have a problem with that. I think that's him just saying, Uh, the buck stops stops here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I do have a concern of is in this entire article, Communities mentioned once. Dryas has been a part of the Laravel community for a very long time. But it doesn't say anything about his role being to help the community. Or it's to build about, community. Right. right. It's about keeping projects healthy. Right. I'm like, come on, man. You're missing. You're really missing the point here. So I don't know if they're going to make that part of his role and they just didn't. Because Taylor really seems to have struggle getting his head around what community is and how important it is to the Laravel ecosystem. But I don't know. I I hope this guy has some sort of role in he maybe trying to do some. I don't think he control. does see it because he gets so many people coming out to like Laracons, and I assume he feels like a rock star when he's there. I I, I know I would. Yeah. But see, I, I suffer from infer- inferiority complex, so... Or I'm sorry, imposter syndrome. Well, both. We'll just call it both. But I, I think that... I don't think Taylor has any form of imposter syndrome whatsoever, so... <laughs> yeah, so I, I was disappointed to, to see that. I'm like, When I first read it, I'm like, okay, cool, cool. And then I read it again, I'm like, well, wait a minute, this... He's not he's not really mentioning like anything about the community, so I don't know. I know I get hung up on the whole community aspect of it. Get him get him on the pod get him on the architect podcast. Not on this one. We don't want to get him fired. <laughs> I I reached out to Larichat guys and said, Hey, you need to see about getting this guy on the Larichat podcast. So I think Absol- absolutely. Gonna, yeah, I think they're gonna reach out to him and and see if he would be willing to come on in. I mean really if his role was to help the Laravel community, that would be an example of where it would be like a no-brainer. Yes, of course I'll be there. You know, Laravel Live isn't some random. You know, you've only brought, you've only done two shows, sort of thing. It, you're you're an established part of the Laravel community. Of course, I'll come on and, and talk to you guys and tell you what my role is and explain things. Yeah, as long as Eric so, isn't there. As long as Eric, that's right. <laughs> Hey, so we've Eric. Got, we've got a lot of tech news. I Eric, know you know how much of it we want to cover. You know it's cooler than a billion dollars. Thirty-three billion dollars. Thirty-three billion dollars. Can't. I can't even get my head around that number. You know what's even weirder? The rebel uh, of the the rebel of technology. The 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 people who literally came in 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 a cloak in a in a. And a fedora and shook up the industry. Well, now, now they're part of Big Brother. Big they're blue. Wearing, they're big blue. They're wearing the shirt and tie now. They, they've hung up their fedoras and they have a shirt and tie. Did you hear about this, John? I have. Red Hat. Now, IBM. before we before we get into it, 
I want to read you guys a list of all of the open source projects that IBM has acquired that are still considered healthy and operating. <laughs> okay. I think that's important. That's that's probably very important. So yeah, he's, uh, he's he's already read it. No, I did. I just did. I read the whole thing. <laughs> There's not a single open source project that IBM has acquired that is considered still alive and active. Well, I mean, IBM has got such a well established name in the open source community. Oh no, wait a minute. That was well, Red no, Hat. That was Red Hat. Red yeah. Hat. No, Red you're Hat thinking of the other one. Good. Yeah. Right. And didn't didn't Red Hat just buy somebody big? Uh, they did something with Docker, right? Didn't they purchase something with Docker? I forget. So we actually haven't haven't clarified, but IBM purchased Red Hat for not cheap, thirty three billion dollars. Billion, just ridiculous. That's a big How? number. I mean, was Red Hat making that much money? There's a couple of things that surprise me. First thing, I'm surprised it wasn't Microsoft, and I'm surprised it wasn't Canonical. That, that I, I, I'm surprised Microsoft didn't purchase Red Hat, and I'm surprised it wasn't actually Canonical that was purchased. It was Red Hat, because Canonical seems like it would have been a little bit more achievable. Now I can see, I can see Microsoft, or better yet, if you think about it, AWS purchasing Canonical. Because how much of the EC2 instances are Ubuntu machines? I mean, that would make a ton of sense. But I always, there's, there are two companies I always had in the back of my mind Microsoft was going to purchase. Back in the early 2000s, it was Zen. Because Zen seemed to be doing a lot of work to get their Zen server to run on the Microsoft platform. And Microsoft seemed to have been promoting it. And I said... Man, I think they're positioning Zen to buy them. And then Red Hat was the second one. I'm like, why doesn't Microsoft just buy Red Hat? And I, I thought this a long time back when Red Hat was nowhere near the steam that they had now, but it was clear that they were the forerunners of, at the time, the server market and even the Linux desktop market. I'm like, Microsoft can easily swoop in and buy Red Hat at this point. And they never did, and I always thought that was like really odd. So when I heard Red Hat got purchased, I'm like, "Holy crap! Microsoft purchased Red Hat. They 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 they're doing all this open source stuff. They bought GitHub. They yeah, bought Red Hat. I and wish. then I find out it was IBM. And this is how weird the time is that we live in. I actually wanted it. I wanted it to be Microsoft. Like I found out it was IBM. I'm like, holy shit, that's awful. It should have been Red. It should have been Microsoft. <laughs> you know, it's like Microsoft has changed their game so much. It's like I wanted Microsoft to buy Red Hat. Just in case this podcast didn't get enough hate from people, that's going to be the opener for this this episode. Yeah, uh, there's. A, uh, I mean, there's a lot of upset people about IBM acquiring Red Hat because IBM has a not not just a less than stellar but a terrible reputation with open source software. Um but you would have said that about, about Microsoft a, a few years back too and they've turned around. It's just true. Yeah. But Microsoft hasn't acquired any open source companies as of late, have they? GitHub. GitHub's closed source. Yeah, it's it's not open. Okay, I see what you're saying. They they promote open source projects, but uh, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, I don't know. 
I mean, do you, so do you think the open source aspect of Red Hat is dead or is the game plan to keep it going? And what, what is this just IBM's way of saying, okay, you know, we, we've spent a lot of time on Watson and these other things, but the cloud is getting away from us. We need to, we need to re-engage with the cloud and Red Hat will, well, we'll just buy Red the, Hat. the cloud has gotten away from everybody. That, that's the thing that except, stuns except, me. AWS. Except Amazon. Yeah. A- A- Amazon invented cloud computing as far as I'm concerned as a commercial product. Um, and it, everyone is trying to catch up. Uh, we had a discussion this week about uh, DigitalOcean trying to catch up with AWS providing cloud computing services. But yeah, everyone's, everyone is behind the game compared to Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. If IBM is trying to position themselves to compete with Amazon, that's great. Uh, leverage the tools that you're, you're getting from Red Hat, but don't think that you're going to compete on some level that isn't already being fought for by many other companies right now. No, I just, I think, I mean, IBM clearly enterprise. And I think they're seeing too much of their business slip away to the Amazons where they have to get some skin in the game. I don't think they're looking to become, become bigger than Amazon or even really looking to compete with Amazon. They're just looking to stop the loss that Amazon is causing them in the cloud industry. Yeah. Now, and, and this goes back. To, to what we, we talked about a few episodes ago about how acquisitions like this work is that they're getting Red Hat's client base. And Red Hat is in the black. They're making money. They're, they're not hurting at all. Um, getting bought for $33 billion is another sign of how uh, successful Red Hat has been recently. The day mm-hmm. after the announcement, Red Hat's stock price, because they're listed went up 45%. And did you hear, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but the IBM purchase uh, had them buying the stock at like uh, $190. And at the time, the stock was only at like 120 or 130 I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I mean, it, it seemed to me, reading it, that IBM wasn't trying to undercut Red Hat, like this was a really good intention, per- right? Out of hey, no, we really want to buy you. It's that important to us. Yeah, and and I think that in a case like this, there's nothing malicious about it. You're buying a successful company for the for the purpose of building on that success. Um, the way companies like IBM stay in business is by moving around their business interests uh, to companies like Lenovo divesting and investing back and forth and reading the market. Um, so it could be very possible that IBM shifts wholly to a more open-sourced market uh, that is currently served by Red Hat, um, support-based. I mean, that's that's already been their model since they sold off their hardware division a while back, is to provide these support-based services. We'll see where it moves from here. Um, but I, I don't have the the dire prospectus that it seems like a lot of the internet has about the whole thing. Well, I guess time will tell. Time will tell. One of the topics we missed kind of along the same lines is 
again, talking about Microsoft and talking about how they're embracing open source, they released a whole slew of, of their f- formerly proprietary code base to the Open Source Initiative Network. Um, and I've heard, I've heard some negative feedback from this. This happened a while back. I don't even remember when this story broke. Uh, but we've had a few stories since then. I mean, we've had a couple of episodes since this broke. So it looks like this was... I added the card on October 29th, and I know it broke probably a week or two before then. So the article was from October 10th. Microsoft further commits to open source releases two-thirds of its patents to Open Source Initiative Network. And I guess this is a network that people will subscribe to, and I, I one of the one of the blowbacks I heard was that um, Microsoft is being a little snotty about how how it's released and making sure that the people on the open on the open source initiative network are the ones using it and it's not just general kind of open source like out to the public sort of thing. But I don't know. I, I I've never used the. Uh, Open Source Initiative Network, I'm not even sure what it is, but apparently it's something that you have to subscribe to, and uh, I don't know all the all the caveats about it, but it's not like, basically what it is, what I'm trying to explain is that Microsoft didn't, didn't just put this stuff on GitHub and say, okay, all this is open source. It's open source with some restrictions, with some caveats to it, and one of those caveats is you've got to go through this Open Source Initiative, or I keep saying initiative, Invention network. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to correct you on that one. I was just going to yeah, let you yeah. roll with it. I, I, I keep. Yeah, that's me thinking I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes. Yeah, and this is this is a patent network, so this isn't actually even code. This is just access to patents that are considered up for trade on the network. Right. So I don't know. I mean, you know, again, Microsoft, open source. You know. I don't know. It's it's a weird world we live in now. Weird world. Yeah, it I don't know. I don't have a ton of faith in the in this open invention network thing. Um it's designed to protect companies' patents. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not designed to give it to the world. So, you know, uh, not not yeah. my favorite thing. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it's and and there's been some blowback on it, but I don't know. We have we've had some uh, project death in the community. What do you mean project? What do you mean? Well, Zend. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not there's dead. there's open there's, no there's open source death. worth there's open source worth thirty three billion dollars, and then there's open source that's just sort of being let go. Well, we talked uh, about the framework. Oh, we talked about the frameworks. Did we talk about the framework? No, last week? I think this we did. no, this is brand spanking new. No, it's not brand spanking new. Yeah, it's, it's been around for a while. I'm pretty sure we talked about it last week. Yeah, I know we I talked know. about it on the PHP no, I... Arch podcast. Oh damn it, we did. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but what I did learn is, and I didn't even think about this. We we were so busy talking about the Zen frameworks, um, and what direction those were heading in. We didn't. Even, it totally escaped me, and again, I think it's just a sign of the times, but the Zen IDE, which at one moment in its history was the leading PHP IDE editor to use, 
that's something else that they've they've abandoned. I, I didn't know they had one. Oh yeah, they have one. It was I mean it tied into their Zen server and it it was you know it was it was based off of the uh, Eclipse. Um, it, it was based off Eclipse, and I mean it was decent for its time. Well, but there's it, your problem. It yeah, it got overshadowed by PHP Storm, and you know it just it, it was left in the dust after that. But uh, that's gone. Um, there was another Zen product that I I had forgotten about. I'm like, oh yeah, shoot. But yeah, Zen is just now Zen Server, which really. Like there's, there's that much of a market for Zen Server where that's that's your play. I, You're going to focus on Zen Server. I think in the enterprise it's huge, but I don't know. I I've never tried it. Yeah, and I have, and you're right. I I did. I it was my in in the enterprise to get PHP in the enterprise, and not only to get PHP in the enterprise, but get a PHP distribution that can be managed and, and controlled and and zen server did do that so i don't know maybe that that is a big enough market for them i just i struggle to to, to believe it but uh, i guess it's possible Wait, the other product were you thinking zen guard zen guard that's it yes good good call john yes well, i cheated i have the the article open in front of me <laughs> <laughs> Throw throw the article in uh, Trillo so we can have it's it on the show notes. Please. It's all, it's already there. Just needs okay. to be moved um, over. Yeah. So so that was you know that was yeah. Do we want to discuss ethics? Did 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 you have anything else you wanted to say about Zen Thomas since you brought it up? No, I forgot we talked about it last week. Oh no worries. Do we Even want to talk I, about Google? I edited the episode yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about ethics a couple weeks ago, and... I'm sorry, Thomas, I said Google. Yeah. I, I don't understand <laughs> ethics in Google? What are you talking yeah. about? What? Well, there's been an employee walkout. What? Your acting yeah, the, skills are on point tonight, Eric. The, <laughs> I mean, I'm the, uh, I'm doing my best. There's been, a, there's been a mass walkout because of Google's responses to sexual harassment claims. And because he fired somebody over sexual harassment, and everybody felt that he was wrongly terminated and all walked out. Is that what happened? No, you're thinking of the Supreme Court. Oh, oh wait, no, nope, that didn't happen either. No, no. Uh, I, actually, I, I part Fox of my story News. is correct. No, part of my story is correct. <laughs> they, they were they were upset about somebody who was who was let go over sexual harassment. They were just upset compensated. With, how well this guy Holy was compensated, yes. What, was it 90 million? It was some crazy number. No, it could have been 90 million, was it? I thought it was like 90,000. No. Was it 90 million? It, it was 90,000. It, it was millions. It was either no 60 way. or 90 million. Could not have been. Can't possibly be that much. 90 million dollars. Uh, yeah, 90 million dollars. This dude, fire me for 90 million dollars. Fire me, John. You can fire me. Right I would now fire you. I would dollars. fire you for one dollar. <laughs> I'll fire you for less than that if you can't take it. So I, I can name that song in one million. note. Fifty million, John. Fire me for fifty million dollars. Yeah, uh, this golden parachute thing is a, a real fucker. Because <laughs> uh, it seems like everyone who does something horrendous but has a C in front of their title. 
gets a lot of money for leaving. It's crazy, right? It, it really is. Because uh, if I so, do something horrendous, I'm just well, fine. It's it's unceremonious. We, we, we say horrendous. Do you do you know the? I I don't know the particulars of what caused him to be let go. So I mean, was it horrendous or? Not, not that it, it, it yeah, bears that much difference, but you're walking a fine line there. <laughs> well, I'm not just talking about Google. I'm talking about many, is- many, many, many companies that have had to deal with firing people for doing something terrible and paying them millions of dollars to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, there was there was a guy who notoriously lied to Radio Shack, became the CEO, and then ended up getting fired for $25 million. He had no experience previously to being a CEO. He just straight up lied to him. Mm-hmm. Um, how's that company doing nowadays? Uh, Radio Shack, are they still good? Perfect. Uh, no? I oh, think uh, that, that, that uh, Raspberry Pi uh, lady owns them. Yeah, they did. They got by Adafruit. They got bought by $5 computer maker. It's just some certificates. I was, I, I was just I in one of their stores a, I, like five years ago. Good. What's that? Sorry. I didn't mean to derail. Let's go. I said I was oh. just in one of their stores like five years ago. Well, this I, isn't. I just, I just saw a uh, a YouTube of the Adafruit founder, and you're you're the person you like to. You actually got me hooked on Thomas that um, sexy cyborg. She went. <laughs> don't, don't pin me with that. Okay, <laughs> but she went to Adafruit. Um, I, I I like her. I think I think she's good. But she went to Adafruit, and they're walking through the warehouse and and you know doing all the geek stuff. And like off in a corner was the certificate of ownership of Radio Shack. Just like laying, oh. it, it, it was framed, but it was just like laying down I'm on laying the floor in, in the corner somewhere. <laughs> I need to, I'll try to find that and uh, put the video in the uh, in the show notes. Um, this isn't the only big walkout, though. Amazon is being threatened with a mass employee walkout over two things, which is treatment of employees and the sales of facial recognition software, as well as Google, who is looking at selling facial recognition software to the military. And people are upset about this. And it's funny to me because this is an area where developers are very upset and everyone else is kind of like, I don't understand. Um, Developers aren't upset that facial recognition software exists and is being used. Developers are upset that there are inherent flaws in in facial recognition software that, uh, as a Freudian slip there, it ends up being racial recognition. It ends up identifying people incorrectly based on racial bias lines and uh there's a lot of ethical dilemmas going on in silicon valley right now john you're you're well thomas i think you are too we both have the echo devices in our house right yes and that's the word mine responds to so thanks well i'm in your headphones so are, are but you can't getting say harder it. of hearing? I, I swear, my devices are getting harder of hearing. Like, they're growing yeah. old. Oh, yeah. Really? It's not well, just no, it's, me? Mine's always been bad. If the volume is up above a certain amount, then you have to turn the dial on the top of it by hand. There's no amount of yelling that works. And yeah, my, yeah. Morning, my morning alarm specifically 
does not understand me until the fifth or sixth try. <laughs> you, you wait for the break in the alarm. Yeah. Turn off! Turn off! <laughs> like, when, when the alarm goes off, it should just be in listen mode at that point. You shouldn't have to trigger it. Like, when right. the alarm's going off, it should just be listening for you to say stop. Or anything. Just say, uh, to acknowledge <laughs> that you're awake. It's like trying to stop a baby from crying by crying at it while it breathes for air. <laughs> it's you can't uh but yes, it is effective. <laughs> All right, I think uh man, I mean I think we packed a lot of information in the show. We're at a good good point here. Um but I do want to talk about my daughter's mayoral campaign. Again, if you guys don't mind, you guys have Go an issue with that? Not at all. No, not at all. So I, I saw her her speech. I saw her interviewed on TV. She's like, right. We had a whole media blitz last week. We talked about her a little bit last week. For those who didn't catch the show, my daughter is running for mayor of the city we live in, which is Poway, California. She's twenty years old, has no political experience or anything, and she she's. She did it because, you know, she felt like the youth wasn't being represented and there was nobody there. There there was a, there were a bunch of old white guys running for mayor and there was nobody there representing the youth and, and some of the some of the issues and concerns that the youth have. And so she's like, Well, nobody's gonna do it. I'm going to nobody's gonna represent me, I'm gonna represent me. And so she decided to to go ahead and run. Um I am, you know, I, I talked about how proud I was of her and everything, but last week just totally flipped my head, my mind. I mean, not my mind, like, not, I didn't, I'm not like not supporting her now, but yeah. how much, fuck how much, her, how much she <laughs> has gone through for, for her campaign now. Uh, she's been interviewed on a couple news networks, uh, which was cool. I mean, we, we last Saturday, I drove her to one of the stations and, and they had a whole sit down thing. What I thought was really interesting was one of the news people came out to Poway to interview her. And then after they interviewed her, they interviewed the current mayor who took credit for her running. And it was no, talking he, about. She gave him how, credit. He didn't take credit. Well, so she says she felt she was challenged by him and he, he spends it as he inspired her. So there was, there was a little play on words there. She was challenged because she wasn't happy with the job he was doing and felt that, you know, she could do a better job. He's, he's more of like, no, no, no. I inspired her to, to do this. It's like, no, you, you didn't. Don't make, don't try to be the good guy in this thing. You, you, you're not inspired. I watched the interview. That's how I took it from, yeah, that's the problem. The way she, no, the way she said it when, when asked, she was like, the current mayor came in and said, if you're not being represented, you, you should run. So I took that as right. an uplifting thing. Like he was trying right. to be inspiring to, for people to get out there and run. And actually office. what she had said, and it was funny because I, I, I pointed it out to her because she's, she's naive about the whole spin doctor aspect of politics. And I even told her, I'm like, do you understand what happened here? He's taking credit for what he did and he's making it look like, you know, he, he was a good force in this. I'm like, you got to make sure when, when you explain this, you know, you, you explain it correctly. So if you watch the other news interview, first thing I heard her 
say, like they're like they're talking before the camera starts, and he goes, "So I hear the current mayor inspired you to do this." And she goes, "No, it was an inspiration. It was a challenge." And she she was she was more she was more clear in the second interview where she said she's explaining the concerns that she has in Poway. She goes, "You know, we have a lot of young homeless people in Poway," and the mayor says. That's not the city's responsibility to take care of it, to take care of that sort of thing. And she goes, well, of course it is. He goes, it is not. And if you feel like it is, you run for mayor and change it. That's how that conversation went down. And she was much clearer about that in the second interview. And I, you know, it's funny because I I was like, had to explain to her, I'm like, listen, you've, you've got to make sure you clarify that because he, he'll, he'll continue to spin it. Like, like he's done this good thing for, for young people. But I thought it was interesting that he even felt like he, I don't know if the news organization reached out to him or, or what happened, but I thought it was, I thought it said a lot to Emily. That's standard. That's standard practice for journalism though, is that you have to get both sides. And again, I, I, I was explaining to Emily that she should take it as a compliment that he felt that she was a significant enough of a force in the race where he came out in, and did the interview like he was part of that interview he didn't just say yeah 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 there's a little girl i'm not gonna spend my day and come out there and talk to you guys just interview her you know it he came out he he went to the location and and was part of it so i told him like hey that's a compliment it means it means he's taking you seriously now like this isn't a joke to to him anymore he he really thinks that you're having some sort of impact and he wants to be involved in it. So, anyways, long story short, elections are next week, yep. I believe. Uh-huh. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be an interesting week in the Johnson household. I'll let you guys know. As a matter of fact, I think it's on the fourth, the sixth, sixth. Six, yeah. Jeez. So it's on the sixth. So we should actually have some news by Thursday. Um, so next Thursday, we'll we'll see. We, we may be uh we may be busy moving into uh the mayor's office <laughs> doesn't happen <laughs> but uh if uh i i i did do a little timeline in um in twitter if anybody's interested it'll be in the show notes and you can kind of see some of the stuff but it's it's been fun oh and the big news i didn't even tell you guys the the really cool stuff is she got called last week by the young democratic party or or something or another they had her go to a rally and speak, which was first thing mind blowing. I mean, there there were probably a thousand or so people there, maybe more, and she got on stage and spoke. And she was, you could tell she was moved because she said the statement of of something along the lines of, "I realized nobody was going to represent me, so I was going to have to represent myself." And just people just went ape shit. You know, it was like, Wah! but. Um, a lot of a lot of big democratic politicians uh were there talking and of course the highlight of the evening was uh Bernie Sanders was there and he he showed up and and was speaking as well so that was such such a cool experience for her i was, I was so happy she got to be a part of that i think we did get wanna, a chance I, to talk about it last week because i i thought i said that she asked my permission to be able to go speak at this thing yes yeah, yeah no <laughs> we we, we did. This is the last half hour of the episode. Um, but you, you do make me want to hear more parents explaining their children's uh, run for political office. <laughs> it's, 
it's been a, it's been an experience, and she she seems hooked on it now. I mean, I don't know if she's kind of swept up in it or not, but I mean, she's already planning on her next move, whether she wins or whether she loses. She's figuring out what her next moves are going to be, and yeah, you know, I I told her I'm like you know, it's it's a tough tough thing she's getting involved with, but you know it's it's good that people like her get involved because yeah, it's um. Yeah, you need good people. You need good people in politics, and I think she's—I think she's one of the good ones. So we'll see. I awesome. do. I do want to put John on the spot before no. we go. Oh, that's my favorite. This is my favorite part of the podcast. John on the spot. We're, we're gonna go a little, a little long here, but John, I need you to take a deep breath. Try to find a nice center and relax. Check your blood pressure. <laughs> What are we doing about Wave PHP? Because man, I'm seeing a lot of these community conferences starting to announce their 2019 conference dates. Putting you on the spot, buddy. What's our, what's, I'm Tom Rideout. I'm John Cunningham. <laughs> stay tuned. All right, stay tuned. It is Wave PHP. Is that what we're sticking with? Stay tuned. Question mark. There's your, there's our title there's our title for this podcast Wave PHP 2019 question mark Should we bring up where we're going to be in two weeks? Our, You're going to be at PHP World. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> Why do I know that and you don't? I'm not going. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at week to week. I just look at my to do list and see where I'm supposed to be. I'm yes. supposed to be on an airplane yes, now. PHP. Yeah. So and, and come check, check us out, out there. Um, yeah, check it out. I just got in a bunch of. Uh, PHP stickers, uh, a new batch. So oh, you nice. see PHP World and you want some PHP Ugly stickers, um, let us know. We're also going to have some PHP podcasts, the PHP Architect podcast stickers as well, supposedly. I, I'm not ordering those uh, PHP Architect to take care of that, but um, but we should have we should have stickers to hand out, so don't, uh, don't hesitate to come up to me and, and ask me for a couple stickers. Yeah, definitely don't come up to me. Just go up to Eric. Yeah. John's heart couldn't handle more strangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you approach John, do it very slowly and calmly, like like a wild yeah. animal in the, you know, out in nature. It's like don't sure don't just don't run up on him. Avoid avoid mm-hmm. bubble wrap. Don't step on it or anything don't, like that. Don't startle John. Nobody yeah. startle John. <laughs> Not that Tucker. I got cleared. I'm playing ultimate frisbee again. Started this week. Loving life again. I'm happy. Things are good. So, don't worry about me. Well, I'm gonna. Okay. So there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good place to All end right. it. Yeah, I that's a good place to end it. I have a, I have a, 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 a small post-podcast conversation for our Patreon people who want to listen in on it. Okay. Well, you know that's not Patreon, right? <laughs> I mean, like, anybody can stay on and, and listen. Well... I was I was thinking since you're editing this week you could cut that and and release it just for the Patreon. Listen, and release yeah. the Patreon. Patreon. This is the Patreon people who are signing up Patreon. Man, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I, thank you. That's yeah, a huge I, deal. I'm I'm really being sincere and honest. It, it, it it's been really moving to see that. I I, I totally appreciate it. Thanks. I know it smells like whiskey, but it's actually sincerity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think that's gonna be it. We're gonna wrap it up. All right. I'm John Conger. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. 
If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly. <laughs>